Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Good morning. You guys look great. You really look great, Clint. I wasn't even looking at you when I said that. <laughs> and if you're joining online, I'm sure you look great too. But uh, hey, it's great to be here. My name is Lyndon, one of the leaders here at Lighthouse, and it's a pleasure to be up here this morning. So since we're in September, that means Christmas is right around the corner. Oh, trust me, I don't really like this, but 112 days more for Christmas, okay? That's, that's what you got. So in that spirit, so we've got a top 10. We've been doing top 10s uh, lists lately, and according to the interweb, there is the, we, I looked up the top 10 most wanted items of 2022. So you might want to jot a few of these down because Christmas is right around the corner. So number 10, ooh, that is a Roomba vacuum, an iRobot. Because sweeping manually is just impossible anymore, right? <laughs> Good grief. I'm sure it's cool if you have one. Great. Get one. 250 bucks. Get it. All right, number nine. I don't know what this stuff is. It's like a massage kit stuff, some special oil. It's not just special, it's gua sha. <laughs> Company by the name of Yina, and this is called their Discover Box. 100 bucks gets you that right there. And that stone, that's a stone right there. And they say it's like 65 million years old. That's pretty old. But it's brand new, so get it. <laughs> All right, number eight. All right, so this is really cool. This is by a company named Barabi. It's a cotton napper. This is a weighted blanket. You can get it in weights of 10, 15, 20, and 25 pounds. That's like snuggling with a grizzly bear. <laughs> Maybe a little less dangerous. But you should probably get one of those. That's, that's 250 bucks. Get it. That's all right. Number seven. Ooh, I think we know what those are. Apple AirPods. I can, I can testify they're very comfy. They're the only earbuds that fit my ears. They work great. Get them. Unless you don't want them, then don't get them. That's fine. <laughs> I'm not being paid for any of these promotions. <laughs> All right, number six. You know you got to have a cool phone case if you have a phone, right? This one is really cool. From the company name of Castify, this is called the Check 2 Baby Blue Twist. It can be yours for $65. Get on Amazon right now. I mean, not now, after service, and get that. <laughs> and it plays with your eyes. It's really cool. So number five. I don't even know what this stuff is, but it's probably really cool, so you should probably get it. It's called Hum, it's Hum, is the name of the company, Nutrition, Hum Nutrition, Calm Sweet Calm. It's so calming. Yeah, it's made with ash, <laughs> it's made from the ashwagandha plant from India and Africa. Sounds exotic. And so I'm sure it works, so you should go get some. Yeah, I think you can find it at Grandma's Pantry in Wakarusa. I'm not kidding, I saw it there the other day. You should probably get it. 30, 30 bucks for that right there. Life-changing. Number four. Okay, if you've got middle schoolers, you need one of these. It's an, it's an air purifier. 
I see Lori, Lori is saying, Matt, please get me one. <laughs> I need one. <laughs> I should get one too, Matt. Lori needs one for her room at school. Yes, this, this is amazing. It's, uh, it's worth every $220 that you put towards it. Uh, it's by Coway. Get one. You got to get it. Number four. Okay, number three. This is my personal favorite. It is the, the Frame TV by Samsung. I think this is actually a genius thing to do with the TV. So when the TV is on a wall and it's not on, it's just a boring TV. But... This one, folks, is a piece of art. It's truly a piece of art. You can have any kind of artwork that fits in that spot, whatever, on your wall on display, anything you choose. And it looks like it's, got, it's like a matted frame. And you can even order separately custom frames that fit over top of it. And it literally looks like a beautiful piece of art on your wall. That's pretty cool. I might have to go get one of those after service. 1500 bucks gets you a 55-inch <laughs> TV. So maybe I'll ask my wife first, but I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> but that is really cool. I, I want one. All right, number two. Okay. All right, my hair people in here. We see some nods of heads. All right. You, it's the girls that are nodding, not the guys. That's understandable. This is the one and only Dyson Air Swap Styler. Sorry. Air swap. It's an air wrap. I'm sorry. Air wrap. It's 550 bucks, and I'm sure it's worth every penny because you will leave the house with salon-style hair every day. Mikhail, you could probably benefit from one of these. He's got those long, flowing locks. Got the Kentucky waterfall going on there. All right, so last but not least, does anyone have any idea what number one is? A car? Shoes. Well, I don't know if these are shoes. I don't know what you call these, but you'll know. Ugh, is what I say. So these, I guess they're coming back. I guess they're cool. I don't know if they're slippers, shoes, boots, whatever they are, but these are really cool. You're going to have to get them. They're the classic ultra mini. $140 will get you a pair. I think it gets you both of them. I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, so I don't know about you. Some of those items look pretty fun, look pretty cool. Like I said, the TV looks great. I think that's actually a great idea. Maybe someday I'll own one. I don't know. At the time, I don't need one, but it would be really cool. So um, we're finishing up a sermon series today called The Top Ten, A Study of the Ten Commandments, Okay. This is the last one. If you're thinking, well, okay, that's number 10. If you're doing your math, that is the end. And if you're thinking, <laughs> if you know your Bible, you'll, you're going to know what it's talking about. So, it's, so if you want to turn with me and your Bibles to Exodus 20, that's where we'll be today. So just a quick recap of what's happening here. Uh, the Israelites have fled Egypt and they're in their, their escape and they're currently camped at the foot of Mount Sinai. And God has, giving, has given them, through Moses, the, his, God's original top ten is the Ten Commandments. And so here are, here's the recap of the first nine. So number one, no other gods. Thou shalt have no other gods before you. Number two, no idols. Don't do it. Number three, don't misuse God's name. 
Number four, honor the Sabbath day. Number five, honor your parents. <laughs> Number six, you shall not murder. Number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Number eight, you shall not steal. Number nine, you shall not lie. Good stuff. Great, great recap there. Thank you, Lord, for the commandments. So now number 10, last but most certainly not least, here we go. So if you turn to Exodus 20, verse 17, it will also be on the screen. It says, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. That's the NIV. The message has a different version. It says, No lusting after your neighbor's house, or wife, or servant, or maid, or ox, or donkey. Don't set your heart on anything that is your neighbor's. I like that last part. Don't set your heart on anything that is your neighbor's. That's the message. So what does covet actually mean? I think it would be a good idea to discuss and get a good grasp of what the definition of covet is before we talk about it a little bit more. So covet, according to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, is a verb used with object is to desire wrongfully, inordinately, or without due regard for the rights of others, to covet another's property. Number two, to wish for, especially eagerly. He won the prize they all coveted. And it's also used without an object. Number three, to have an inordinate or wrongful desire. So for all my Greek friends in the room, I have the Greek definition as well. I don't know that word, but it sounds like epithumeo. That's what I understand from YouTube. And it, it means desire, to lust after, long for, and set the heart upon. So another way, in, in my, my terms that I've come up with, that I can understand it a little bit better, Coveting is this. Coveting is the premeditation of breaking most, if not all, of the other commandments. Say it again. Coveting is the premeditation of breaking most, if not all, the other commandments. So think about it. Uh, Cain, in the Bible, we have uh, Adam and Eve. They had Cain and Abel. Brothers. Cain murdered his own brother. Wow, that's pretty rough. Why? Because he coveted, he, he coveted Abel's blessing, which was better than his. Um, there's more that goes to that, but the reality of what the root of it is is he coveted his blessing. He had so much coveting in his heart that he took it on himself to remove the problem. And in his mind, the problem was his brother. So he killed him, he murdered him. King David, he committed adultery. Why? He set his heart upon another man's wife. He coveted another man's wife. Judas. Judas stole money from the bag, from the money bag that he kept for Jesus and the disciples, what they paid for stuff out of. We read that in Scripture. He stole from it. Why did he steal from it? Because he, he wanted it. He coveted that money. I need that. So according to Colossians 3, verse 5, coveting is greed. Coveting is actually greed, which is idolatry. Colossians 3, verse 5 says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, 
evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. And if you think about it, how can we actually truly love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength if we're caught up in desire for our neighbor's donkey? It doesn't quite add up. So coveting is not... Coveting is when we want not only what we don't have. That's not it. It's wanting what we cannot have. There's a difference. Coveting wants what is forbidden. Okay? It's possible, of course, to buy your neighbor's animal if he's selling it to you. Go buy it. That's fine. Go buy it. But don't buy your... You can't buy your neighbor's wife. If you can, there's some big issues there. Um, But it's forbidden, right? The forbidden stuff. What our neighbor either cannot give up, like his wife, or what he's not willing to give up, like his, his property, his land. When that's what we want, we're coveting. So we covet what we value most as well. That which we value most. When that... We're, we're coveting... We don't covet our neighbor's garbage, right? We covet his cool stuff. <laughs> um... Not the garbage can out by the road, but the new car in the driveway. That's what we're coveting, okay? The cool stuff. I've never known a man who coveted another man's wife who he thought was ugly. <laughs> I don't think that's just going to happen, okay? We covet the things that we value the most. Does that help maybe a little bit? Some more understanding of coveting, a little bit of review. So, message title today. It's pretty profound. Do not covet. Don't forget it. That's the 10th commandment. So as I was prepping for this over the last few weeks, it was, it was quite uncanny of how naive I was to what really the 10th commandment had in it. Um, it's, it's kind of a special one. It's, a, it's more of a heart issue. If I go out and murder someone, that's kind of a physical thing that the world sees, but if I'm coveting stuff in my heart, I can hide that. We're going we're gonna to unpack that today. My prayer is that it unpacks clearly. So on that note, let's pray. Father, uh, I'm just a man and you're God, so I pray that you would speak through me today, God. Um, use me, use the words that are coming out of my mouth today, God, to speak truth and speak clearly. I thank you for every person in this room today. They're a blessing to me. They're a blessing to you. Speak to our hearts this morning, Lord. Show us what you have for us today. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Okay, if you have your handouts and you want to follow along, I have a couple points. The first point is steer clear of the tents Because coveting can cause catastrophe. Coveting can cause catastrophe. All right, so there's a man in the Old Testament that we read about. His name was Achan. And before we get into what happened with Achan, the backstory on that was the Battle of Jericho. Anyone hear the Battle of Jericho? Maybe from days in Sunday school, Bible school, stuff like that. Joshua and the Battle of Jericho, right? So this was... um, God was giving the the Israelites specific instructions 
to go and march around the city of Jericho. It's not because he thought that they just needed some exercise. Maybe they did, but it was the, the, the end result was the, the city of Jericho was going to be destroyed uh, through God's miracle. It was awesome. So on the seventh day that they were going to go do this and, and the walls were going to come a tumbling down, he had very specific instructions for the Israelites. And he gave them those instructions to them through, through Joshua. And he had said that you are not to take any of the devoted things. And the devoted things were, were the plunder, were, the, were the, um, the treasures that they would find in this city. Because it was a wealthy city. They, ha- they obviously had a lot. And uh, they knew. And they were very specific. You, you're just to destroy everything kill everyone. It was a lot, of, a lot of gore. But anything of precious value, that is devote, to be do, devoted to God. Okay, simple enough, right? So they did their thing. The walls came a-tumbling down. And immediately after that, the Israelites were filled with God's presence. They were filled with God's power. Like, what can we not do? God's on our side. God's for us. This just happened, this amazing miracle. There's a city over there that we know is bad. We got to conquer that city. Let's go get that city too. So they scoped it out as a city of AI. And they said, you know, we don't even need to send everyone. Ah, that'll be easy. Let's just go. Let's do it. God's with us. And they went, they sent a number of troops. These people of AI fought back ferociously and actually ended up killing a large number of the Israelites. And they came crying back to their homes and in tons of fear, they didn't know what just happened. Like dogs spanked with their tails running behind, with their tails between their legs. They didn't know what happened. And Joshua hit the deck crying, tore his robes. God, what just happened? What in the world is going on? What, why are you not with us? And God said to Joshua, He said, Your people have disobeyed me. What do you mean? He said, Someone did what they, they did exactly what I told them not to do. And you've got to find this person or these people and uproot them and get rid of them. Otherwise, I will not be with you any longer. So back in the Bible days, they used they cast lots. It's kind of like um, basically if you draw straws. Um, probably not drawing straws exactly, but to the, to the extent of if you drew the short straw, God's pointing at you. And basically, long story short, a guy by the name of Achan drew the short straw when they were figuring out what the problem was. So there's Achan. Knees are knocking. He is extremely scared. He goes before Joshua, and Joshua questions him. In Joshua 7, verse 19, Joshua said to Achan, he said, My son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and honor him. Tell me what you have done. Do not hide it from me. Achan replied, It is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I have done. When I saw in the plunder a beautiful robe from Babylonia, 200 shekels of silver, and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, what did he do? I coveted them and I took them. They're hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. So they sent some people. They went and found it. Sure enough, there it all is, just like he said. They brought it back, presented it for him. And here's what Joshua said to Achan. Verse 24, Joshua then, together with all Israel, took Achan, son of Zerah, the silver, the robe, the gold bar, his sons and daughters, his cattle, donkeys and sheep, 
his tent and all that he had to the valley of Achor. Joshua said, why have you brought this trouble on us? Remember all the trouble that it actually brought on them? A number of people have already lost their lives because of this when they tried to fight Ai. Why have you brought this trouble on us? The Lord will bring trouble on you today. Then all Israel stoned him. And after they had stoned the rest, which is all of his kids, they burned them. Over Achan, they heaped up a large pile of rocks, which remains to this day. Then the Lord turned from his fierce anger. Praise God. Therefore, that place has been called the Valley of Achor ever since. Wow, that's a rough story. Achor actually means trouble, means affliction, taboo, and it implies a, ser- a severe kind of trouble, a catastrophe, right? It's like we're talking about. Talk about a catastrophe, right? I mean, yikes. That's kind of scary to read that. And all for what, though, too? For what? For stuff. Achan saw some nice stuff, some nice, shiny stuff, and a really pretty robe. Wow. Now, I got to admit, like, if I'd been in his shoes, it'd probably be pretty hard to not take that gold. I'm sure that was quite nice. It was quite a bit of value. I looked it up. But still, he knew he wasn't supposed to. He coveted it in his heart, and he took it. It's simply not worth it. That catastrophe that he brought on himself and his kids, ah, part of me is like, Lord, that is so harsh. But the point was, coveting is awful. All right, this, this story isn't quite as intense. When I was a little boy, I, believe it or not, I made some bad decisions. At least once, Jeremy. And uh, this particular day, I was just a little guy, I don't know, six, seven years old. We were at my grandparents' place in town, right in Middlebury. I remember right where it was, right in the driveway. And we were all sitting outside in a circle. It was a nice day. We all had chairs. And there was my, my favorite cousin was sitting over here, and I wanted to sit by him. But my stinking older brother was sitting in the chair right next to him. And I saw that seat that belonged to my brother. I wanted that seat. I coveted that seat. And so I acted upon that. I did a number of things. I stole that seat from my brother, but not that I, I didn't just steal it. I, I inflicted some harm on my brother. I went up to him. I did what I thought was best. I grabbed him and I ripped him down onto the ground and I sat down on that seat and I thought, that was easy. That was that. That was, wasn't too bad. Well, my catastrophic dad didn't really like that. Remember, coveting causes catastrophe. Dad came and grabbed me by my ear, yanked me off the seat, <laughs> and marched me with ear in his fingers. Hurt really badly, right in front of all my family, my cousins, and took me around the house. I knew that they were all laughing. I'm sure they were. And he proceeded to land a number of catastrophic blows to my behind. Wow, my dad knew how to make a point. Now, the catastrophe that happened to me that day wasn't quite as grandiose as the catastrophe that happened to Aiken, right? But I'll tell you, it left me Aiken. It did. 
it did. So just like the coveting of my brother's seat, I know a lot of shaking of heads, okay, I know. You're just jealous you didn't think of that joke, okay. The, the physical harm that I caused to my brother over that seat, okay, just like that. Now the book of James talks about how coveting causes fighting and quarreling among us. James 4, 1 through 3 says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Your desire, you desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight, and you throw your brother off the chair. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So murdering someone out of coveting something of theirs, I'm pretty sure we can all agree, oh yeah, never do that. Great, please don't. <laughs> I want you to not end up in prison. Um, but at the same time, though, we might think, well, I mean, if, if I'm quarreling or if I'm angry with someone over something that I want, I mean, that's different. Well, as we learned from the Sixth Commandment several weeks back, the Sixth Commandment is you shall not murder, Right? And as we also learn from Jesus' further teachings in the New Testament, hate, hating someone is the same as murder, right? And it's as, there's a root of, hate, of hatred in fighting and quarreling with our brothers and sisters. It's just not worth it. So it's as straightforward as that. Coveting can cause catastrophe. So that's point number one, steer clear of the tenth because coveting can cause catastrophe. Point number two, steer clear of the tenth, because coveting kills contentment. Coveting kills contentment. All right, does any, are we have any HGTV fans in here? Yeah, we got one, a couple. All right, I, like, I think HGTV is great. If I would have the, the channels, I'd, I'd watch it. That's probably one of my favorite channels. Um, back when I was a little guy, a little kid, I, one of my favorite things to do of all time on a Saturday afternoon was to watch um, This Old House. Anyone know that show? Remember that show? Yeah. Who are those guys in, that, in the picture? Do we know? Bob Vila and? Yeah, Norm Abram. My word, those guys were talented craftsmen. Loved it. I loved that show. I loved seeing how they could take something old and make it amazing and beautiful. So how, let's fast forward a little bit, since some of us might not know that show, it might not as rel be as relevant. What's, what's more of an up-to-date home reno show that we watch today? Chip, well, what's the name of it, right? Was it Fixer Upper, right? Okay. That's probably, so, I, I'm sure most of us in here uh, have seen some of this show. I, I, I've heard a lot about it. I've actually never seen an episode. I know, Crazy. And I, I'm positive that if I would watch it, I would love it. I love this kind of stuff. It's great. My dad was a builder. I used to build homes, and so it's like I know what's happening. I know what's going on. I like the challenge. So hear me out. I'm not at all trying to attack anyone for watching these shows. I think they're great. They're awesome. But just let me ask you a question. It's a thought-provoking question. That's the idea here. Stirring some thought. When you're watching these shows... How do you feel about the house that you currently live in? 
I know for me, when I was a young guy, and when I would watch this old house and I would see how cool they could make these houses look, all of a sudden, the house that I lived in, which actually was great, my dad did a great job providing us a house, it was the worst house in the world. Like, my house is junk. I would even know my friends had better houses that looked like those, and well, mine's crap. What's wrong with my? I need a nice house. My contentment level went down as I got more involved in watching it, and I wasn't careful, and I realized my contentment is it's not there anymore. All right, so that's a lot of picking on home renovation stuff. So how about car folks? Are there any car folks in the room? Do you like cars? I like cars. I think cars are awesome. And uh, again, I'm not picking on any car folks. I'm just an example. So I personally think that the 1967 Ford Mustang Shelby GT500 <laughs> is a thing of beauty. Wow, look at that thing. Gone in 60 seconds, anyone? Eleanor? That's an awesome car. I just want one. <laughs> or how about a new Corvette? Good grief, that looks awesome, right? You got to admit, that's kind of a cool car. Even if you're not into cars, that's pretty cool. And it looks pretty fast. I think I need one. All right, so let's bring it down to a little bit more real reality. Like, how about a new Dodge Ram? Yeah, getting some nods. That's a sharp-looking truck. I could see that sitting in my driveway someday. Maybe I'll head to the dealership after church today and get one. I won't. How about a Toyota Camry, brand new Toyota Camry? That thing looks fast. It's got to be a sport edition. Or how about a new Honda Pilot? Now that's what I'm talking about right there. You know you want it. So the point that I'm trying to make, again, hear me out. Like, if you have a new vehicle, if you've got a new vehicle, that's great. No worries. But what's, what's happening in our hearts when we see that stuff? Do we all of a sudden, is all we can see is what we don't have rather than what we do have? I know for me personally, when I'm looking at oh, photos of new cars, like, wow, that'd be great to have a new car. Mine is just, just stinks. I'm tired of it, even though it works just fine. It's so easy for my contentment level to drop. My contentment is hurt and fails when I set my heart on, the, on stuff that I don't even need. So where is your heart in all this? If we're not, if we're not careful, we can become consumed with it all. Consumerism hard not to. That's what, that's what we have here in the United States. If you want it, you get it. And being consumed with, with the fantasy of the consumerism can really hurt our contentment, just like I was saying. Again, it's all too easy to focus on what we don't have rather than what we do have. 1 John 2, 15-17 says this, Do not love the world or anything in the world. Love, if anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. 
Then Matthew 16, 26 says this. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Hmm. All right, so I don't consider myself a pro, but I call this a pro tip. <laughs> and you can write it down if you want. So, uh, and I strongly recommend this to anyone, to everyone. Pro tip, go on a mission trip. Why? I guarantee your contentment level will change. If, if this is something that you're struggling with, especially, good grief, go on a mission trip. Um, so my wife and I, when we were first married, she had this harebrained idea that we should move to Nicaragua and do missions work. I didn't want to, but we ended up doing it. Wow, life-changing for us, crazy. We were there for about two and a half years, and Nicaragua is a very poor country, and we would get groups that would come down, and every single time a group would come down, we would debrief at the end, and what changed, what happens, how, how are you doing, what's God working on in your life? Every single time, almost every single person in the group would just about break down and say, we have so much and these people have so little. Why, why am I so discontent with what I have? And we weren't trying to sh shove it in their faces. It just naturally happened that way because they would see people that in their minds had nothing. Sticks and tin for their house, dirt floors. And it just helped, helped bring perspective on the whole contentment thing. So again, that's Point number two, steer clear of the tenth because coveting can, kills contentment. I will say, I think the contentment thing, it's easier said than done. I know, I struggle with this. It's, I, I have a small house, and when I think of the possibility of a larger house, oh man, all of a sudden my small house just isn't good enough anymore. <laughs> um, I, I'm in the struggle too. It's, it's not easy. But contentment, I think, is the root of, of coveting, right? I'm going to invite Pastor Matt, our associate Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofinner.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.